trying to get these slides up here in case you were wondering. So there we go. All right. Um, it requires that encounter with faith. Uh, and so we want to resist this idea that, that God is somehow inactive because God is active. We see that through the gospel. Taking the next step of faith also means consistently saying yes to Jesus. And so there's always an invitation to follow God. When we encounter Jesus, there's an invitation to follow God. And we can either say yes to that invitation or we can say no. And, and really what this helps us embrace is that God is not only active, but God wants us to be a part of something. And we don't have to fear being alone. We don't have to fear God being distant or, or somehow God leaving us to our own devices because God wants us to be a, a part of what God is doing, what God is creating in our midst. And so God has always said yes to us. God has always said yes to our well-being, and we want to grow, and we want to trust that. And so this morning, we're sort of part twoing of, of that conversation of what it means to consistently say yes, because we believe that, that when you do, it'll help you do the next part, which is taking the next step of faith requires living more and more like Jesus. They got cut off, but that's okay. Um, living more and more like Jesus because when we say yes to Jesus, we're essentially adopting what, what Jesus was willing to do. And if we were to distill everything that Jesus did, it was essentially being obedient. It was being willing to follow God's heart. And God's heart was to bring healing and wholeness to all of creation. And God wanted to do that by, by loving us and asking us to love each other as much as God loves us. And so our passage this morning, we're going to be diving into the book of Ephesians. And it's a, a letter from the Apostle Paul to the church in Ephesus. And the book of Ephesians, it's a short book, there's six chapters, but it kind of touches on a whole host of things about the, the life of the church and the life of faith. And the part that we're going to be focusing on this morning, it, it touches on what we can expect, what we can enjoy and experience as followers of Jesus, both individually, but also together as the church. And so we're going to be reading from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 19. So we are going to continue to encourage you guys to bring your Bibles, whether they're the, the physical Bibles, or if you have an app on your phone, you can pull those out and, and begin to follow along. Because I really believe that there's, there's something about not just seeing these words in isolation by themselves, but, but getting more familiar with your Bible, seeing where these different books are, seeing where these words fall in, in the richness that we call the Bible. And so encourage you to be a part of that, but uh, we also invite you to just to follow along on, on the screens. Um, and so this is what it says uh, as we read uh, Ephesians 3, chapter 14 through 19. It says, This is why I kneel before the Father. Every ethnic group in heaven or on earth is recognized by him. And I ask that he will strengthen you in your inner selves from the riches of his glory through the Spirit. We just sang about that. I ask that Christ will live in your hearts through faith as a result of having strong roots in love. I ask that you'll have the power to grasp love's width and length, height and depth together with all believers. I ask that you'll know the love of Christ that is beyond knowledge so that you will be filled entirely with the fullness 
of God. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. And everyone said, thanks be to God. Amen. And so as we think about what's going on in this passage, I have to ask one question. How many of you participated in the how well did you age challenge on Facebook? Do we have any, does anyone know what I'm talking about? Do we have some hands that, that know what I'm saying? Wow, a lot less hands than I was imagining. Maybe you guys are, are giving up Facebook. But if you didn't know the concept, it's really straightforward. It's really simple. Um, essentially, you end up taking a photo from 10 years ago and you put it next to a recent photo. And that's the challenge, right? To see how well you aged or maybe didn't age. Well, here's, here's mine, right? So this is me 10 years ago. Look at that. Look at that, yeah. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> and so now we're going to vote. And I'm going to, no, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. But, but looking between these pictures, right, I, it made me pause and it made me reflect, right? And I began to consider all of these milestones that had happened over the course of these 10 years, right? I think I was around 21 years old uh, uh, in this picture and would not soon after that uh, graduate from undergrad. And then the year following that, I would get to marry Natalie. Uh, we would move to Atlanta and, and I would start seminary. And then over the next course of, of several years, we moved to four different homes. We shared, I think, six to seven different jobs between the two of us. And uh, what else did we do? We had two kids, and uh, she started a business. I mean, it, it's been amazing. And, and there was another recent milestone um, that some of you saw on, on social media where I, I described I completed all my paperwork for ordination. And I know that sounds so exciting and sounds like such a, a great milestone. It is, uh, and I won't bore you to death with the, the details, but uh, I, I've completed that set of work, right? And that's allowed me to, to, to then go before the, the board of ordained ministry uh, where they will interview me uh, and ask me lots of questions and hopefully I do well. And if I do well, then they will ordain me uh, uh, come this summer. So all that's really fun and exciting. And so what I ended up posting on social media was this checklist, right? It was just a bunch of lines with a bunch of words and a bunch of check marks, which made me feel really good. Uh, and it might not have made much sense to you, but just to give you an idea of all that was involved or all that was behind that checklist, it's a culmination of three years of work, right? And just this last leg of the paperwork part um, we were given the, the, the rubric um, and the questions in August of last year, so only a handful of months ago, right? So between August and the beginning of January, I wrote somewhere around 178 pages of written work, right? And that doesn't include the forms, it doesn't include the evaluations or the recommendations and probably other stuff that I've forgotten about. It's a lot, right? And all that work, the, the written work, was uh, estimated to be over 150 hours of work, right? And to, to kind of put that into context for you, imagine doing one thing for just over six days straight, 24 hours a day during those next six days. To give you maybe something easier to work with, imagine working a full month of 40-hour work weeks just to finish this part of 
this process, right? And so many of you might be asking, and, and what I was often asked was, what were you doing? What, what could you possibly be writing uh, about? And, and the board, really what they want is to see evidence of one thing. What changed in you in the last three years? How did you embody your faith? How did you grow? Can, can you tell us how you have changed? And so you end up spending some time pausing. You spend a lot of time reflecting, and then you spend a lot of time writing, right? And so it was a great exercise in the very least because I was able to appreciate more of what God has done throughout this ordination process. Because if you're anything like me, I have this really, really bad tendency to, to check the box and then move on to whatever the next box is that, that needs to be checked, right? I think we can all relate to that in the busyness of our lives. We're just checking all these boxes, but we can forget sometimes to, to see where God is at work or even invite God to be at work in our lives. And so in this process, I realize that I'm not as good as I think I am at pausing, at appreciating more deeply God's presence, God's goodness, and God's faithfulness through lots of seasons of my life over the last three years, let alone 10 years, right? And so people would usually ask, well, what were you writing about? And then they would ask, why would you put yourself through all of this? And you know what? That's a really good question because there were times when I would ask myself that same question, right? What, Tyler, why are you doing all of this? And the truth is, if I was being really honest, is I probably wouldn't have. I probably wouldn't have put myself through this. And so the question still remains unanswered, right? Well, Tyler, then why did you put yourself through all of this then? And I'll tell you that the answer, it's one thing. It's because God called me to it. God called me to it. And so when we talk about when we live more and more like Jesus, we learn to follow God and God takes us on this strange journey, right? A journey where we would never have picked for ourselves if it were left up to us. And so when I was young, right, God was speaking to me. I, I was at this crossroads in my life where I didn't know what I wanted to do next, right? That usually happens in these, these milestones, these transitions of life. I didn't know what to do. And I found myself growing frustrated because I, I was an art student, but I was also super involved with campus ministry. I, I love both worlds, and I just didn't know what to do. And I grew even more frustrated trying to go back and forth. One day I would feel totally confident going one way. Another day I would feel confident going the other, but then have some confusion and doubt and back and forth until I, I just was fed up and I told God, look, tell me what to do. You tell me what direction to go in and I will say yes. What happened was I ended up breaking down, so to speak, and, and in my frustration, 
it was revealed to me that really underneath all of these questions that I had was this deep desire to be faithful to God. I, I wanted it to be simple, and I wanted it to be straightforward, right? And, and at the time, I didn't care what it looked like, which is a big mistake, right? Because God is like perfect. Then I have just the thing for you, right? And so what ended up happening was that God called me outside of something that I probably wouldn't have chosen for myself, yet God also called me into something that I was created to be. Y'all see that connection? God called me outside of something that I would have chosen for myself, and yet simultaneously called me into something that I was created to be. And so my journey over the last 10 years can be summed up crudely, if you will, with times when I've either said yes to God or when I've said no to God. And, and saying yes to God is hard. The, the Christian faith is not an e easy one. It talks about dying to yourself. Who wants to do that? Right? It's a hard one. It also can be really confusing because you're living into something you're not quite sure of because it takes faith. And sometimes you can feel really alone because sometimes taking that step of faith, it isolates you. It sets you apart from maybe some other people in your life that, that aren't on the same page as you or are or, or wondering about your, your well-being and, and maybe on the outside looking in, you're being irrational or, or reckless. And so it can feel alone, and, and maybe you begin to have doubts. You just don't know what to expect. But what I have learned is that there's the good news is that we still have a choice. We still have a choice. All of those things, whether it, it's your doubts or it's your confusion, guess what? Those are more opportunities to say yes to God. It's more opportunity to trust God and to walk by faith rather than by sight. Because that's what our, our perspective wants. We want to be able to see it and put our finger on it, touch it, hold it, have power over it. But when we walk by faith, we, we give that perspective over to God. We give that power over to God and the power that we have is simply to say yes and to, and to move into that reality, move into that perspective. And so what would happen is if, if I continued to walk my own path, I, I probably would not have found as much fulfillment in my life as I do now. I'm sure there might be a couple of things, but there's not a sense of, of completeness to my life. I, I would have been left feeling empty. But when we say yes, when we choose to let God fill us, when I chose to let God fill me, and, and I somehow came into a fullness of, of who I am, who uh, God created me to be, and this is still unfolding because there's more opportunities to say yes to God. God is building us up, growing our roots deep into God's love so that we can say yes to whatever that next opportunity is that God might be calling us into.
But all of this made me realize something else. It made me realize that one of the barriers, sorry about that, one of the barriers of following God is that we settle for less instead of striving for more. Striving for more of what God has for us. Because when we read the passage in Ephesians, Paul paints this amazing picture for what's in store for us when we consistently say yes to Jesus and begin living our lives like Jesus, for Jesus, instead of for ourselves. He says that Christ, Paul says that Christ will live in our hearts through faith. And that we'll come to know the amazing love of God. And it's something more than we could ever imagine. It's something outside of our perspective. But it grows into God's perspective until it becomes our own. Right? It becomes real for us. And Paul also promises that we wouldn't just know about it but that we would experience it fully, right? Verse 19 says that you will be filled entirely with the fullness of God. Not just a a small part or a little part, but all of who God is. That sounds pretty amazing to me. That sounds pretty good. And yet for some reason... Even as followers of Jesus, we tend to settle for something so much less instead of striving for something more, instead of reaching out to grasp what God is calling us into, calling us into this this love of, of being known, of being accepted as we are, and yet growing into who we are embodying that love, and then sharing it with the world. Paul says in verse verse 18, the verse just before the one I read, it says, I ask that you will have the power to grasp, right? To hold on to, to, to reach out into the love of God. Its width and its length, its, its height and depth. And so how do we do that? How do we grasp what what God is doing, how do we grasp God's love? And this, this idea popped in my head that the only way we know how to really do anything is if we get out there, we, we try it, and we do it. We, we have to experience it. We have to walk straight into it. And so we really wouldn't know how vast the sea really is. We can read about it in a book. We can read about God in a Bible. But we really won't know what the Bible says about God until we experience it for ourselves. It's going to take climbing into the boat and getting out into the sea to really understand, for it to make an imprint on us and for it to be real to us about how just how big the sea is actually is. I think the same is true when we think about God. We only know how vast God's love is when we go with God into all aspects of our life. 
we will only know how vast God's love is when we go into the good parts of our lives, but especially into the hard and challenging parts of our lives. Whether we're in celebration and joy or we're in suffering or sadness, we will know just how deep God's love is for us when we invite God to fill us up, especially in those places where we feel empty. We have to say yes. Because when we say no to God, we will never know the heights or depths of God's love. We will never know what it's like to truly be filled with the fullness of God. We can't be full of God without God, right? And so that's the invitation. As disciples of Jesus who choose to say yes to God and live more and more like Jesus. The crazy thing is, is that God doesn't withhold from us. I mean, it doesn't mean we get whatever we want, but, but God doesn't withhold himself from us. And as a result, we should give ourselves fully to God. And even when we only give a little bit of ourselves to God, God still meets us in that moment and gives God's full self to that moment. Never, that's what I mean by it never withdraws God's self. It never reaches out our hand and, and slaps our hand or, or pulls it back so that we fall on our face. If we just pull out a, a finger, God pulls on that finger and pulls us forward. If we reach out our hand, God pulls our hand. If we reach out our arm, God pulls our arm. If we jump with our whole body and our whole self, God gives God's full self to us. That's the amazing opportunity we have when we say yes to God. When we give ourselves fully to God, then we can be filled. It's on us. If we only want to fill our pinky, God will fill our pinky. If we want to be full, if we want to be whole, we have to bring our whole selves to God. Many of us tend to think we, we're in some sort of bargaining relationship with God, right? When the truth is, God already gave himself fully to us through his son, Jesus. The journey of faith is learning to give ourselves fully to God. Friends, the, the point is this. Maybe over the last 10 years, maybe you've never said yes to God before. Maybe for some of you, you, you might have said yes for a season, maybe here or there. And for others of us, maybe you're in a really tough season. And an expletive, it's really hard to follow God. It's really hard to say yes to God. And maybe some of us are at a place where we're, we're breaking down. And we're just frustrated enough to give ourselves fully to God. 
to say yes. You're at a crossroads and you just want to simply be faithful. And I really think that's all that God ever wants from us. Profoundly simple, yet profoundly challenging and complex for us to give ourselves fully to God. And so what I want to invite you as we continue in worship this morning or even in the next week or or weeks, right? We're giving you these disciplines so that help you chew on on where you are and where God is in your life and, and where God is leading you how God is asking Tyler just just give me a little bit more just give me a little bit more let me show you what I have in store for you and so in this time I want you to maybe reflect reflect on your life over the last 10 years or maybe just the last year and maybe you begin to write Begin to journal. At the very least, begin to think about how have you changed? How have you embodied your faith? How have you grown? That's why we're here. And it's not, it's not to condemn you. It's just, it's just to speak truth and love and, and to say, Take a real honest assessment of where you are and ask God, where can you lead me next? It's not to bring about guilt or shame. It's about bringing you opportunity. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense for each and every one of you. For many of us, who've been on this journey of faith, sometimes it it, it takes us looking back and hopefully seeing how God is faithful even for us to open up that next step of faith, right? We have to call, we have to remember when God was faithful. And sometimes it it was amazing. God comes through in big and powerful ways. God comes in small ways, all of them. Are mighty because it doesn't matter if it's a big yes, like at this crossroads, I'm trying to make a decision about the trajectory of my life, which really that happens all the time, or, or it's a small yes. We build up the bigness of a yes when the truth is saying yes is powerful. It doesn't matter how big or how little it is. The fact that we are willing to say yes to God. That's exciting. That's incredible. That's amazing. And so regardless of where you are in your faith, we want you to say yes. Because we want you to take the next step of faith. Because 10 years from now, right, we want you to look back way back in 2019, right? And when you look back, we want you to have said yes, not just once, but to say yes continually. And I want you to begin to imagine, after 10 more years of yeses, where will you be? I bet it will be 
exciting. I bet you will be more full than you ever thought possible. And my prayer is that I, I hope it's beyond our wildest imagination. God is leading us to a place outside of anything we would choose for ourselves or for this world, even with the best intentions. And God is calling us into what God has created all of us to be in relationship to one another and especially in relationship to God. So maybe you spend the rest of this service imagining or reflecting. But take it seriously because when you do, you make a question out of it. When you begin to reach out and grasp God's love, whether you've experienced it before or you're experiencing it for the first time, God honors what you do as an act of faith because God is faithful. We want you to live more like Jesus today than you did yesterday. Amen? Amen. Let's 